Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Ida Volk, Europe correspondent at The New Statesman. And you're listening to World Review, a twice-weekly international news podcast. Every Thursday, we come together to unpack some of the most significant stories in world affairs. And every Monday, we interview a guest for their unique perspective and expertise. Today, I'm speaking to Anders Foch Rasmussen, the former General Secretary of NATO, about the alliance's role in the Ukrainian conflict, Finland and Sweden joining the alliance, and the global struggle between democracy and authoritarianism. Thank you very much for being here. Can we start off by talking about the Copenhagen Democracy Summit, which is currently running? What is it and what are you hoping to achieve with this uh, meeting? The Copenhagen Democracy Summit is organized by my uh, nonprofit foundation, the Alliance of Democracies Foundation. And the name of the foundation describes very well the main purpose of uh, the summit in Copenhagen. It is to strengthen bonds between the world's democracies, because we need to step up our efforts to counter the advancing autocracies. Together, the world of democracies represents 60% of the global economy. So if we stand together, we are representing a formidable force that will create respect in Beijing and Moscow and other autocratic capitals. Now, of course, that's a very relevant question, the respect that Moscow has towards the West. And it's a very, it's a very potent question because there are a lot of questions as to the support that the West is offering Ukraine, the weapons that it's sending. Do you see Ukraine on the current course winning the war against Russia? At least ensuring that Putin will not get success in Ukraine. But uh, the risk is a prolonged conflict, a simmering, a frozen conflict. And as long as you have Russian troops on Ukrainian soil, there will be no peace because the Ukrainians will never surrender. And that will hamper our efforts to rebuild uh, Ukraine. And that's why Ukraine must win this war. The Ukrainians have the will to fight and the West has a duty to provide them with the means to really fight and win the war. Is the West providing the means to Ukraine to, to win the war at present? Does Ukraine have the equipment, have the tools, have the weapons that it needs? They will need much more. But uh, actually, we have seen an unprecedented will 
and unity within the network lines to provide the Ukrainians with the necessary uh, weapons. And as the war changes its character in Ukraine, we also have to change the kind of uh, weapons that we deliver to the Ukrainians. So I think so far we have done what we could do and should do. You, you spoke about the unity of the West, but of course there is this question as to the membership of Finland and Sweden in NATO. Turkey has indicated that it is not willing to approve those bids for membership. Do you think Finland and Sweden are going to join NATO? Yes, I'm, I'm sure at the end of the day, Finland and Sweden will join NATO. I also think that the NATO summit by the end of June will be the event in which the two countries are invited to join NATO. By the way, the two countries are already invited to participate in the summit in Madrid. After that, we will go through a lengthy parliamentary process in all 30 allied parliaments. In the meantime, Big allies like the United States, the UK, France, and other countries will provide on a bilateral basis the necessary security guarantees to both Finland and Sweden to avoid any uh, Russian attack against the two countries in this interim period. And when you were Secretary General of NATO, did you expect that the alliance would eventually expand to to incorporate Finland and Sweden. I know you've been a very vocal advocate of further expansion uh, to, to Ukraine and to Georgia. Did you ever think that this would happen? No, I hoped it would happen, but I didn't expect it uh, because I know the mentality, the discussion in, in the two countries. But thanks to Putin, again, that very sad backdrop of his invasion uh, of Ukraine, the mentality, the attitude in the two countries changed almost overnight from only about 15, 20% in favor of joining NATO. Now it's pretty close to 70% in favor of joining NATO. So Putin has achieved exactly the opposite of what he wanted. He has achieved a strength in NATO. He has achieved a, a NATO that is much closer to Russian borders. You've advocated for Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO. Do you still think they could join NATO? I think NATO should uphold the decision taken back in 2008 when we decided that Ukraine and Georgia will become members of NATO if they so wish. In the meantime, a lot of things have happened. And recently, President Zelensky indicated that Ukraine may be willing to give up its application for membership of uh, NATO. Ukraine may be willing to accept a status as a neutral country. That's for Ukraine to decide. However, if that is going to happen, Ukraine will need another kind of security guarantee instead of the security guarantee they could have achieved through an outright uh, NATO membership. So we will have to discuss which kind of security guarantees could be provided to Ukraine in the case of a non-NATO uh, membership. And that could be the right to have a robust Ukrainian defense. Uh, it could be security guarantees provided by a group of international security guarantors it could be 
the deployment of an international uh, peacekeeping force uh, at least temporarily to monitor a peace agreement and also to prevent future Russian attacks against Ukraine. So some of these elements could be discussed in in exchange for the acceptance of a status as a neutral country. What would the difference be between security guarantees issued by a group of countries, many of which would be NATO members and NATO membership? What's the functional difference? Yeah, that's hard to say uh, uh, right now. To become a member of NATO would be to get an ironclad uh, security guarantee because you, we all know that the famous Article 5 in the NATO Treaty states that we consider an attack on one ally and an attack on all. So eventually we will come to the aid uh, of a country that has been attacked. So I'm sure that had Ukraine been a member of NATO, Ukraine wouldn't have been attacked uh, by Russia because Russia know that would initiate a military conflict with uh, NATO. Whether an alternative security guarantees could provide the same ironclad guarantee against a Russian attack, that remains to be seen. That's very much dependent on the character of those security guarantees. But actually, President Zelensky asked me to lead a group of international experts to prepare recommendations for uh, the Ukrainian government as to how such security guarantees could be elaborated. And do you have any idea of what they might look like? I think, apart from what I've already mentioned, the right for Ukraine to have its own robust defense, security guarantees from a group of international guarantors, possibly a deployment of a peace international peacekeeping force, I think such security guarantees should also include a European trajectory where Ukraine is granted a status as a candidate country for the European Union. That's no guarantee of membership, but it's at least it's a goal uh, that you could uh, work towards. And I also think uh, that comprehensive rebuilding efforts of Ukraine should be included in security guarantees. Over the past 30 years, NATO has expanded eastwards, including many former communist countries, uh, which used to be allies of, of, of the Soviet Union and Moscow. Vladimir Putin says that the, he fought the war in Ukraine to prevent Ukraine joining NATO and to prevent the expansion of NATO to Russia's borders. Did NATO expansion cause the war in Ukraine? No. <laughs> it was a decision taken in the Kremlin uh, that caused the war. And uh, I think the time has come to really counter that myth that NATO or the Western countries have given assurances uh, to Russia that we wouldn't expand eastwards. Let me remind you that it's not because of a NATO campaign to enlarge the organization that we have seen a number of enlargements uh, since the end of the Cold War. These enlargements are due to former communist states' desire to join 
NATO to get the Ironclad security guarantee. And I think instead of accusing NATO of being responsible for a war that has been initiated by Russia, Russia should reflect a bit on why is it that Russia's neighbors so strongly desire to join NATO to get security guarantees. Obviously, that's because they feel threatened by Russia. If Russia adopted a more friendly attitude towards its neighbors, developments might have gone in another direction. But that's the reason uh, why we have a war on Ukraine. It's not NATO enlargement. Wherever you are in the world, if you're interested in global affairs, you can subscribe to The New Statesman in digital, in print, or both from as little as £1 a week. That's 12 weeks for just £12. That's one euro a week in Europe and just $2 a week in America. Just go to www.newstatesman.com slash podcast offer. From the New Statesman comes a new podcast, Audio Long Reads. The best of our reported features and essays read aloud. Songs are like tattoos, Mitchell said on Blue. Having one written about you is immortality and fiction rolled into one. Featuring writing from our authors, including Kate Mossman on Joni Mitchell's former muse and lover, Jeremy Cliff on his journey through France before this year's presidential election, and Sophie McBain on the refugee crisis. Don't die, he kept shouting. He didn't answer when Mardwe screamed back, Who is dying? Ease into the weekend with our audio long reads. Published every Saturday morning. Just search Audio Long Reads wherever you get your podcasts. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
You spoke about the goal of your democracy summit in Copenhagen as, as strengthening an alliance of democracies against a, a rising tide of authoritarianism. That's something we can see in Europe with uh, Ukraine's war against Russia. Ukraine is a democracy, albeit a flawed one, and Russia is certainly not. But it's also something we can see further afield, for example, in, in East Asia. Do you think the democratic camp can win uh, a war against, against a rising tide of authoritarianism? Yes, definitely. Because freedom is the strongest force in the world. Uh, people's desire to uh, have the right to determine their own lives and not to be oppressed or suppressed uh, by autocrats, that is really the driving force in human life. Temporarily, you can try to suppress those freedom or liberty forces, but in the long run, freedom will win. It will prevail. And that's why I'm convinced that freedom and democracy will prevail. However, we shouldn't be complacent. We cannot take freedom and democracy for granted. Uh, and maybe seen in the hindsight, that's our biggest mistake, that after uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union and communism, after the end of the Cold War, we were convinced that our societal model, freedom, democracy, in, in general, a liberal society, was so superior that we even didn't have to fight for it because it would be self-evident that people would pursue exactly that kind of government. But time has shown that we cannot take it for granted. For the 16th or 17th consecutive year, we have seen decline globally in freedom and democracy. So that's why time has come to strengthen the alliance of democracies to turn the tides. You, of course, founded the Copenhagen Democracy Summit in 2017 in the wake of the election of Donald Trump. Now we have a president in the White House who is, I think, can be fairly described as more democratically minded and um, more internationalist and more committed to the transatlantic alliance, which means so much to you. But do you think this camp of democracies that you, that you have described, do you think it can survive the illiberal, the, the combat, the fight with illiberal political forces, not only across the world in other countries, but also within those own democracies? And, and you know, they sometimes win. Yes, it can. And it has demonstrated that it can survive. For instance, in the US, yes, you had some illiberal movements. The strength uh, of uh, the American democratic institutions, the check, the system of checks and balances are so solid and so solidly founded uh, in the American spirit that he, this democratic system can survive even at Trump or a Trumpist. So I'm quite optimistic about our uh, ability to survive such movements. Uh, you have seen similar movements in other countries, but seen from a helicopter perspective, it's only, they're small problems compared to our confrontation with the world's autocrats. So that's why my appeal is to stand together, to unite, to rally around basic democratic principles. And as I mentioned, together we represent 
60% of the global economy. And that's really a formidable force. And uh, so we should, we should promote what I would call a free democratic internal market, for instance. We should make it much easier to agree on free trade agreements among democracies. We, we should do our utmost to dictate, so to speak, the international norms and standards for the use of a new technology. So all in all, I'm uh, optimistic about our ability uh, to prevail. Thrasmussen, thank you very much. You're welcome. Before we go, a bit of news. We're thrilled to launch our new New Statesman app this week, available in the App Store and Play Store now. We would say this, but it really is a thing of beauty. You can now enjoy our award-winning journalism from both print and online within the app, but you can also listen to all of our New Statesman, World Review and Long Reads podcasts within it, toggle between the international and UK editions, and check out our striking photography and illustrations. So as soon as you've finished listening to this, Download it and enjoy the new statesman on your mobile or tablet in the very best way possible. This has been World Review from the New Statesman. You can read all our international coverage on newstatesman.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do tell a friend and rate us and perhaps even leave us a nice review. It really does help. Our producer has been Adrian Bradley. We'll be back later in the week with our usual discussion episode. I'm Ido Vok. Thanks for listening and until next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.